Okay. Um, can you just give me something just to check your microphone levels? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I really panicked then. Uh, hello. hello. <laughs> okay. Name, okay, let's just cut, that in the, uh, <laughs> let's just cut that <laughs> off there. Thing. Put you out of your misery. Thank Jesus you. Christ. Yeah, <laughs> Hello and welcome along to another episode of Disc 2, the podcast that looks at the highs and the lows of cinema and the impact films have on our lives. More specifically though, the lives of me, Rianne Evans, and my co-host and fellow Manx Radio newsroom pal, Lewis Foster. In this episode of Disc 2, Lewis and I will be talking to you about the films we know are bad, but we just can't help but love. Our guilty pleasures, the ones we hide from other people until they come round and find them on our Netflix watch again list. Yes, today we are banishing the term guilt, we are getting rid of embarrassment and we are embracing those awful films that we can't help but love for all the wrong reasons that just feel so right. How are you doing, Liz? Been better, been better. Why? Oh, this is, this is a good way to start the podcast. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm absolutely fine and dandy. Thank you very much. I believe you. Now, Lewis isn't in the studio with me today. He is instead confined to his abode so as to not get arrested for breaking new COVID restrictions because since we last spoke in that first episode, the Isle of Man has gone into a second lockdown just as you came back from Christmas. Classic, isn't it? Mm. And I I paid all that money to get tested twice just to come out a week early into another lockdown. (laughs) So I do apologise if there's a bit of a delay between our our chats, but hopefully the content will be uh, good enough to get you to forgive us. But I was going to ask you, whilst you were self-isolating, because you had to self-isolate for two weeks when you came home from Christmas, did you watch anything good in those two weeks or did you just stare at the same four walls and wait for time to pass? everything. Everything. We watch everything, yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, you just have Netflix and Amazon Prime and Disney um, and Now TV at your disposal, if you're like us and sponge off your parents. Um, (laughs) So, um, yeah, we had a whole repertoire to go through. And we started with Soul. Oh, yes. Pixar film. I watched that the other weekend. Yeah, and I tell you what, I bloody loved it the second time I watched it. <laughs> so you've watched it twice already? It's still we fairly have watched new. it twice. So basically, it came out over Christmas, so while we were home. Mm-hmm. And we basically didn't want to watch it separately, me, me and Charlotte, this is. So basically, once we got back and once we were back together on the island, um, our first night, so this is after traveling and everything else, uh, we decided to try and watch it. Charlotte fell asleep after an hour. And I stared at it, trying to make sense of it. And I was like, no, you know what? It's a Pixar film. It's not that, it's not that complicated. I can, I can sort of flick through my phone while watching this. Mm-hmm. And then I got to the end and realized that this film that I was catering to children went straight over my head. So I had to watch it again the next morning. It's, it's quite it, trippy. It made me cry. Yeah, it's, uh, it's hard to get around, yeah. I think just the animation of it is is really like I hadn't seen anything like it before, and I was like, "Well, I would not want to do LSD whilst watching this." <laughs> not that I've ever done LSD, just to specify 
Mum, I don't. Yeah, I wouldn't know. Wouldn't know. But um, <laughs> I did have a mulled wine while drinking it. Maybe while drinking it, I was drinking so uh, whilst watching it, mm-hmm. um, which was which was yeah, and that, maybe that threw me off a bit as well. And you cried. I guess I it's did, not really a Pixar film, around, yeah. unless you do. Once you cry. kind of get it, and and you kind of realise that oh, it's all about you know, you don't need to know where you're going. You just need to soak up life as it as it happens to you. Yeah, there's no meaning of life. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and all the stresses just, you know, take with a pinch of salt. Yeah, just cruise through life. Don't give a shit because none of it means anything. That was basically what I got. But no, I thought it was really original, actually. But we're not talking about Pixar today. Today, we are talking about films that you know are bad, but you can't help but love. So... Yeah. Talking about uh, lockdown and the second lockdown on the Isle of Man, some people are calling it lockdown two, which I'm oh, always no, unimpressed. You... Well, yeah, I wasn't going to go down that route, but I actually quite enjoyed that. Yeah, I'm always unimpressed when sequels do that when they just put a number at the end of the original name, like Grown Ups Two, uh, Cheaper by the Dozen Two, Basic Instinct Two. I just think it's lazy and it sounds rubbish, which is what yeah. many of those films are. But that's what we're here to talk about. So, so you would you would prefer it if it was say, Back to the Future Two, they go back again. <laughs> <laughs> it happened again. See, Back to the Future Two is an excellent film. So, mm. uh, well, in my it opinion, is. is we watched those over lockdown, funnily enough. And did we you stopped enjoy before them? number three. We, it has to be said, we stopped at number two. I, I love those films. They're, um, they formed me as a teenager. So, yeah. They formed you? Liverpool Football Club? Wearing a, uh, wearing a reddish, orange, <laughs> rust-coloured, shall we say, To be late. fair, your whole aesthetic is very Marty McFly, I would say. Yeah, funnily enough, a, a, a girl at uni used to say that. Yeah. She's dead now. <laughs> she... <laughs> I hope she's not. We've had this exact same conversation before, and I pulled that exact same joke. We've gone, we've gone full cycle now. <laughs> oh, God. Our friendship is coming to an end. There's nothing more to add. Well, no, you are, I would say you're, for anyone who doesn't know who Lewis is, he does work, we both work in the newsroom at Manx Radio, and Lewis is, I would say, a cross between Marty McFly from Back to the Future and also Leonardo DiCaprio in... Titanic before he dies, I would say. Okay. Is this looks or personality at all? Well, both are surely good. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll take that. I would, I would say... Thank you very much. That's very complimentary. You're welcome. Anyway, let's move on. So, Lewis, tell me about your bad film of choice that you can't help but love, even though you okay. know it's terrible. So, I watched this back... Um, maybe three weeks ago, mm-hmm. just to make sure I still loved it. And in fact, I do. It is Jurassic Park, the third. <laughs> the third. Jurassic Park 3. It could almost be paradise. My God, I'd forgotten. We have a landing strip up here. cannot yeah. land on this island. Oh, my God. Honestly, growing up, I loved the Jurassic Park films. But this one was my favourite. Why? Despite the fact it's only got 49% on Rotten Tomatoes. 
I, I mean, after all my all my hot air about I don't like films who which add a number on the end. I do really mm. like Jurassic Park three. I didn't like yeah. the second one. I didn't like The Lost World, but I did really like Jurassic Park three. Yeah, um, basically, I love this film because it's got the Spinosaurus in it. This and I the Spinosaurus. The Spinosaurus. The Spinosaurus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the big, it, basically, in this film, they've they've added the Spinosaurus in as like a big rival to the T Rex, and they fight it out. So as a kid, you obviously love it. As an adult, I still love it. But basically, in in real life, a Spinosaurus would have probably just dwelled in a river and caught salmon or something like that. (laughs) And they're probably millions of years out of each other's timelines. But that doesn't matter. (laughs) Yeah, um, But that doesn't matter because they come together and it's like Clash of the Titans. I can't remember Um, this bit. Can you not? Wait, oh, like, is it? Is it? Does it get them when they're in the river and the phone is going off and it's like do do diddle do 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 do? Yeah, that's that's later in the film, and I hate that ringtone. Ever since <laughs> it scares, scares the crap out of me. It's it's not it's Nokia, I think. Isn't that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and there's many reasons I love this film. By the way, even though it is it, it's bad because it, it plays a lot of cheap tricks and it's a bit kind of. I don't know, big dinosaur versus bigger dinosaur. Is that a cheap you know, trick? It, I don't know. Would you call that a cheap trick? I don't know. It's. It I don't know. Story. You said cheap tricks. <laughs> well, basically, if I was to sum this up in a boring way. <laughs> a, are, we, are we doing that bit now? I don't know. <laughs> okay, wait, 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 wait. Let me just stop you there. Okay, we're adding into, into these episodes a point in the episode where... Each of us describes our chosen film in the most boring way possible to make it honestly sound as interesting as like a bucket of grey paint. So yes, sounds like Lewis is about to do his. So Lewis, how would you describe <laughs> Jurassic Park 3 in the most boring way possible? A kid and his stepdad go paragliding around the boat and they just go a bit far. It doesn't say where they started off. I think it might it might do like Costa Rica or somewhere boring like that. Who would want to go there? And um, they just fly off a bit. They get a bit selfish, and they fly off onto an island, which just happens to be full of big lizards. That was a very so, that was a longer synopsis than I was expecting. If if I'm honest, Lewis. Oh right. Well, basically, it ends with a mustachioed divorcee. <laughs> trying to get trying to get back with his missus by chasing this child through the jungle. Yeah, that's yeah, that makes it sound quite um sinister. With the lot of raptors. <laughs> you should go into writing film synopsises. The synopsises? Synopsi. Synopsi. Well, let's talk more about Jurassic Park Three because okay. I absolutely love Sam Neill. You were talking about oh, a bit. Yeah. The worst bit in the film is most definitely the bit you were telling me about in work the other day when we were when we should have been working, but instead we were talking about yeah. this. So yeah, basically, the Velociraptor is Sam Neill's character's favorite favorite dinosaur, and I'm just going to Google what what his character is because I should know. Doctor Grant. Doctor Grant, of course. Alan Grant. And basically, Alan Grant. Yeah, is is Sam Neill's character. And Dr. Grant is obsessed with velociraptors um, and the, their retractable claw. And basically, there's a whole build-up in this, in this film about velociraptors. 
it starts with they find some fossils of a velociraptor. Some kid says, velociraptors aren't scary, they're just a big turkey or something like that. And he goes, oh yeah, would a, would a big turkey claw your face off? Or something along those lines. Think, um, yeah, something along those lines. Yeah. So there's, there's, there's this whole imagery around, around velociraptors. Um, there's a skeleton, there's shadows, there's... Uh, you, you, yeah, what do you call them? <laughs> I don't know. What are, those, what are shadows? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> shadows? Silhouettes. There's silhouettes of, uh, of uh, velociraptors. But you don't actually see one. Mm. for about an hour so for the first sort of hour of the film even though obviously you watch the first two you know that velociraptors are in it and you know what they look like mm-hmm. but let's forget that fact <laughs> this is the third one so you're watching you know you don't know what velociraptors are anymore um and there's a real long build-up he's going yeah velociraptors terrifying terrifying and then all of a sudden he falls asleep he has a little nap on the plane mm-hmm. and uh we hear this voice <laughs> It's like, Alan, <laughs> Al- Alan, <laughs> Alan, and he, look, he looks up and there's a velociraptor sat on the plane <laughs> and it lip syncs and it goes, Alan, <laughs> in the least threatening way you can imagine. <laughs> so basically all this build up about how terrifying velociraptors are is just destroyed in seconds mm. by your your friendly... Air hostess. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, I was, I was surprised by that moment in the film, and yeah. I wonder what Sam Neill's reaction to that in real life would have been, because I think he's oh, above I think, it. I think he'd, he'd have loved it. Do you reckon? He loves, yeah, I think so. He'd, he'd have probably thought, yeah, it's it's daft, but let's go for it. Yeah, gone all in. I prefer that mm. attitude. To be fair. Yeah, um, he's um, yeah. I'm sure I had a crush on the younger guy who was in it. Trevor Morgan. Mm. Trevor. He's, he's a, such a... He's I would not have pegged... Years old, man. Oh, no, not, not the boy. <laughs> <laughs> no, the other, the other paleontologist. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Billy Brennan. <laughs> oh, my God. As if that was your first assumption that that's who I was talking about, the child. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> no, the ruggedly yeah. handsome paleontologist who steals the raptor's ed- eggs. He's got a classic naughty's handsome. Handsome? Handsome. Handsome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you want to add anything else before we move on? If, if, if I can just spend a couple more minutes talking about Jurassic Park 3. If you must. There's, there's a really great bit, which I think is really cheesy, but it, it really works. When I was a kid, it made me crap myself. Mm-hmm. Um, where they're climbing up this fence or perimeter it, it happens in the first film as well but let's ignore that and um, they've been chased through the jungle by the spinosaurus and it's really loud so it's chasing them and trees are falling and it's boof, boof, boof. but you don't hear anything for it from it for about five minutes until they're at the perimeter and sam kneels over and he looks behind this person oh, oh no 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 they meet somebody else but basically it doesn't matter <laughs> This, this massive dinosaur somehow manages to sneak up on them. <laughs> it must have been charging through the jungle on its tippy toes. <laughs> and there's this shot where it just looks behind them and all of a sudden it's just there. You don't hear anything from it. 
it's just there. And I it's know stuck behind them. exactly the bit you're talking about, actually. Yeah, silence. And as a kid, yeah, as a kid, it it took my breath away. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, oh, what is that? You know, and you're like, oh my god, it's the thing that's been chasing them this whole entire time. Yes. What, how did I forget about that? Yeah, just wearing like Ugg boots to cancel out the sound. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Giant dinosaur like Ugg boots. A, like a cat with booties on. <laughs> Take its Rotten Tomatoes score, you know, some people hate it, some people love it, like myself. Maybe it's all about the dinosaurs and therefore I love it. Mm. Couldn't tell you what the plot's about other than divorce. <laughs> yeah, clearly. But. <laughs> but also, they're they're bringing out a new Jurassic Park soon, aren't they? With oh. with the original cast, oh. so you've got yeah. Sam oh. Neill, Laura Dern, and Jeff Goldblum coming back. Oh, I love a bit, love a bit of the Golds. Jeff has style, you know, he's just cool. He is cool. Did you see that in London? Um, I think it was in 2018. It was when there was the heat wave. They did a giant statue of Jeff Goldblum when he's doing that that s- sultry pose. Oh, yeah, yeah in the first one when he's yeah. bare-chested. Yeah, yeah. Nipples, nipples oozing. <laughs> yeah, oozing. Ugh. Just oozing sweat and milk. <laughs> really, that's the best way to survive Jurassic Park. Ooze, sweat mm-hmm. and milk. Throw him off the scent. Exactly. Well, let's move on to mine, shall we? I struggled with this more than I was expecting, so I did a bit of research... And I looked at a bunch of websites which listed the worst films of all time to see if there were any on there that I liked. And Batman and Robin popped up literally on every single one, pretty much on every list I looked at. And I was like, and it was the 1997 George Clooney and Arnold Schwarzenegger one. Um, Mm -hmm. Have you seen it? I have seen snippets of this. Mm -hmm. Bearing in mind, it came out the year I was born. Oh my God, that's mental. Um, (laughs) <laughs> and I, yeah, I, I remember the bad guys out of this more than I remember the terrible costumes or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, well, it's it's three point eight on IMDb, and I was like, I'm sure I love Batman and Robin. You know, why is it getting absolutely slated? And then I said to you, I'm going to choose Batman and Robin. And I'm going to watch it. And then yeah, so I was like, this is the one. Went home, put it on, and I got six minutes and thirty seven seconds in because I wrote down the time. And I had to turn it off because it was, I can't stress enough how awful it was. It was, and I know the point is that we're talking about bad films that we love, but I just want to say, I now understand why everyone hates Batman and Robin. What killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age! (sighs) I am not going to pick that though. I am instead going to pick Robin Hood, colon, Prince of Thieves. I met a hooded man today who bade me warn you not to harm his people. His name? Robin of Loxley. <laughs> the prodigal son returns. This is English courage. Kevin Costner at the end of that clip there with a sterling English accent for Robin Hood of Nottingham. Have you seen that? Oh, Robin Hood's colon. Robin Hood colon uh, Prince of Thieves. So basically... No, I have not. And this is one for me to go and watch. This is, yeah, and I I think, I wonder if you'd like it. I mean, I like it because it's all, it's like the classical swashbuckling, even though he's not a pirate, but you know, that classic adventure. And uh, I feel if I'm the rich and I get to the poor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is Irish. Um, <laughs> but it's filmed in 1991, uh, one of Kevin Costner's big films, back when he had himself... Um, 
an almost offensive mullet, I would say. Apparently, mullets are the thing for 2021. Are they? Apparently, people are trying to get a movement going to bring them back. I might start growing. Well, I was wondering if you, like, Lewis has got uh, Leonardo DiCaprio 90s curtains. That's the word, not bangs. You said it. Curtains. said the word. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, would you ever consider getting a mullet? Well, you know what? That is quite, it's opposite ends, isn't it? That's opposite extremes. Mm. Because at the minute, I've got it short at the back, round the sides. And then uh, just overly long fringe. So I would have to go all the way back <laughs> and go the back out and chop the fringe. You know, it's like... Commitment. Cutting off, cutting off your head to give yourself a foot extension or something. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. But yeah, mullets are strong. Well, I think you should watch this. So um, some of this stuff isn't going to, might not make much sense to you if you haven't seen it. But it's got some big names in it. It's got Morgan Freeman in it and Christian Slater, who I had a massive crush on. And of course, the late, great Alan Rickman. Um, 6.9 on IMDb, which is probably too high for the rules, but I don't care because it's my podcast. Um, So um, yeah, I think it's just really good fun. And Alan Rickman steals the show because he's so dramatic. And apparently, I was reading that they asked him to be Sheriff of Nottingham. In case you didn't know, Kevin Costner is Robin Hood. Alan Rickman. Yeah, yeah. From the, yeah. <laughs> from the poster and the uh, yeah, the bow and arrow <laughs> and the name yeah. tag. Um, yeah, and Alan Rickman yeah, was... <laughs> he was approached three times before he said yes. Um, and he only said yes if he could basically changed the script because he said it was quite dull and then he hired some uh-huh. comedians to flare up the script so have you heard of the line cancel the kitchen scraps for lepers and orphans no more merciful beheadings and call off christmas that's like a really famous line another that's one great. is i'm gonna cut your heart out with a spoon and all these all these like lines that have become legendary lines he ad-libbed which is what makes him so great. And apparently Kevin Costner got really jealous of him and went to the editing suite and demanded to take over the edit so he could cut out Alan Rickman's scenes. Well, not all of them, obviously. But um, he was getting a bit precious and wanted, didn't want the limelight to be stolen from him. Yeah, what a baby. <laughs> the yeah. main... You know, you know the classic song that has come out of Robin Hood, Prince Thieves, don't you? Um, I'm sorry, Rianne, I do not remember that. You will have to sing it for me. I will. Do you have a piano there? Because it has to uh, start yeah. with... Do you actually know? Because I genuinely don't know if we're, if we're being no, silly or... <laughs> but I was expecting you to sing it. Oh, Brian Adams, Everything I Do, I Do It For You. Everything I do, I do it for you. Yeah. That one. Yes, if it was a country-western version, yeah, that's the one. so yeah that was i think top the charts for a ridiculous amount of time but Mm. i'll say my favorite worst thing about robin hood prince thieves is how they land by the white cliffs of dover and then they walk to adrian's wall in the same afternoon and i googled (laughs) how long that would take and to drive, it would take six hours, 40 minutes. To cycle, yeah. it would take 39 hours. So to walk, <laughs> bearing in mind, there's no like night, day to night. It's displayed as the same day. Just a nice stroll. Yeah. 119 hours it would take them 
to get from the White Cliffs of Dover to Hadrian's Wall. So that's probably my favourite bit about Robin Hood. That is, that's an impressive feat, to be honest. <laughs> but yeah, it's a really good feel-good film, I would say, and it's a nice one to put on if you're feeling a little bit delicate in lockdown and you just want to get cosy, but you don't want to take anything too seriously or think too hard. I think it's a nice one. So. Yeah, yeah. But let's move on now. Could you sum it up for me in a boring way? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, of course. Man donates to charity frequently. <laughs> Other man does Very not. Good, yeah. <laughs> That's it. Man, man donates to charity by killing people. <laughs> yeah. Before we finish, some honourable mentions. Do you have any that, yeah. I mean, you mentioned, what did you mention before? Yeah, I mentioned The Incredible Hulk, but... The one I had in mind was the... Uh, it's, it's part of a terrible series. Is that the Eric Banner um, one? or? No, no, this is... So basically, this whole... This trilogy is regarded as terrible. And this one being one of the worst films of the bunch. Mm. It is Star Wars The Phantom Menace. Oh, yes. People have committed hate crimes over that film. <laughs> So my yeah, my brother rated this the other day. He gave it one and a half stars, out of which is probably fair. And I'm not going to go too into the oh, out of five. Oh right, out of hundred. I'm not going to go too in depth um, about it because I can't remember much about it. But I loved this film as a kid and watched it on repeat over and over again, mm-hmm. um, which shows it was doing something right. You know, or you're just a sociopath. It's it's good because it has Darth Maul in it who's the bad guy with the double-edged lightsaber. Does he have the red face? He has the red, yeah, like the tattooed red and black face, horns on top. Mm -hmm. Like one of genuinely the coolest villains of any film series ever. Does that one have Jar Jar Binks in it as well? I will die on that hill. (laughs) You know what? I don't know if that is the Jar Jar film. I think Jar Jar is the second one, which let's have a look. Because I think people really didn't like him either. No, he's the classic worst character of all time. <laughs> of all and there's, time. There's actually a, there's, a, there's a fan theory that Jar Jar Binks is like a Sith Lord. So he's essentially like the mastermind behind the Death Star and everything <laughs> else in the, the Empire. But yeah, that was one of uh, George Lucas's weird ideas. Mm. Less a fine well moments. done on Darth Maul. Darth Maul <laughs> is, uh, is great. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say that before. <laughs> Do you have any others? Um, yeah, obviously The Incredible Hulk is, um, as you mentioned, you, you know this one. It's bad. Mm. Um, but I really liked it as a kid and used to watch it quite a few times. I had um, a uh, 2008, this came out. 67%, 6.7 on IMDb. So not terrible, mm. to be fair. Well, it's you know it's known as one of Marvel's not great things. I mean, let's we yeah, won't even talk about Green Green Lantern. We won't even go there because no one like that. Film. I've never seen that, but everyone was very much like, let's just shove that under yeah, the rug and never talk just, about it again. Just ignore this. Yeah, um, but essentially, I really liked it. That's and cool. the, I remember there was one scene. I think this is the same film where he like jumps. There's a dog jumps at like the window, and it scared the crap out of me. In in what the Hulk. It's like, it's, so basically, a, um, a poodle mm. becomes uh, somehow mutated by this, or it becomes really aggressive from the gamma radiation. And there's a scene where he's trapped in a car when it's like raining, and this this poodle jumps at the window. Mm. And uh, this, I might, I might be making this up to be honest with you, mate. This could be a bad dream. That I've just it had sounds like it could be. 
Did you lose? Really did you lose function in your legs again? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is really bad. Lewis fainted. For anyone who didn't listen to the previous episode, you should just to hear Lewis tell the story about how he fainted when you were what oh, were you watching. Insidious. Fantastic, insidious. Mr. Fox. No. <laughs> It was a horror film. It was insidious. <laughs> and someone jumped out of the cupboard while I was walking across the room. And I lost function in my knees. <laughs> well, the honourable mentions I've got are Batman Forever, um, Frozen, but not the Disney version. The I don't know if you've seen it. Probably not because it's classified as a horror film. But three people get stuck on a chairlift. I really like it because it brings back nice memories of season. Well, not no, not <laughs> nice. <laughs> Wait, not nice, nice memories. memories of seasons. Um, but that's just stupid. And like they're stuck on this chairlift, and they're obviously freezing to death. And their coats are unzipped, like like down their chest <laughs> for one thing. And I'm like, well, to start with, put your hood up and zip up your coat. <laughs> I've also got Twilight because although Twilight was a massive success with its target audience, it is yeah. awful when you watch it back. It's so cringe, but for some reason, I really like it. Other mentions online, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen any of these. The Hottie and the Naughty with, I think, Paris Hilton. Uh, oh, let me have a Google. Yeah, apparently that's terrible. Showgirls. I'll just put my safe search on. <laughs> Disaster movie and all those sort of uh, knockoff comedies, like comedy comedies mm-hmm. per se. And um, I know who killed me, which was a Lindsay Lohan one. That pretty much turned up on every worst film list. I've never seen it. Yeah, you know what? Adam Sandler movies always get a really bad rep. Do you uh, agree with that? You know what? Some happy, some Adam Sandler films are just great. Like I Happy mean, Gilmore. Happy Gil- Happy Gilmore is great, and that's only got thirty-one percent on Metacritic. That's a big cult uh, film, Happy Gilmore. But if I'm honest, yeah. I can't stand stuff like Grown Ups. I find it awful. Oh, no way I loved Grown Ups. Did you? <laughs> yeah, I really, I really enjoyed <laughs> just it. Just hang up the phone. <laughs> that's got eleven percent. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm just realizing how I have no taste. <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> this episode like, they, <laughs> to you is just like, oh, like, good films. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, David Spade is just like, what is this character? But I love those films so much. Oh my god! Well, I'm glad I they make you happy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think your terrible the taste in films is all the more that. reason. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Big Daddy. That's a good film. Big and Daddy was good. Terrible ratings online. One thing I re- one film I really hated though was Click. 2006. Oh, yes, with Christopher Walken. And Christopher Walken. <laughs> <laughs> you know this remote? <laughs> you click it. <laughs> and it just takes you anywhere. Nobody's laughing at you. On those uncanny Christopher Walken impressions, should we uh, wrap it up there? You know what? I just want to add an extra <laughs> film to our lockdown. What did we watch during my so, isolation? Please do. So this is just uh, for the sake of this is a good film recommendation. You're going to say Star Wars again? No, I'm not. This is something you should watch as well. I haven't seen it already. It's A Beautiful Day in the Neighbourhood, which oh. is the Tom Hanks biopic of Mr. Rogers. That Mr. is Fred so Rogers. strange because earlier this week I watched uh, one of Mark Kermode's film reviews and he was talking about that. And I mm. thought, I think I'll watch that. Yes, you definitely should. It's about Lloyd, this journalist who basically is a 
down. He's a real hardcore, you know, investigative. So he, he, he tries to sort of dig the dirt on the nicest man and just realizes it's impossible, basically. But it, there's a lot more to it. But ever since I watched this film, and this is the mark of a good film, is that you go off and you become obsessed with the characters it's based on. <laughs> I've been in a Fred Rogers hole. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Have you? I've been in Mr. Rogers' hole <laughs> for about two weeks. Um, and I've been wow. yeah, researching everything Fred Rogers from his Senate hearing in 1968 or 9 for, for his plea for more funding for national television. And it, that is it's genuinely inspiring stuff. So, yeah, wow. watch that film. I certainly will. With that, we shall call it a day and um, Lewis and I will see you next time for some more movie mumblings, moanings and musings. So until then, stay safe and happy watching. Gracias, mi amigo. (laughs) 